on this episode. I never really got to speak out on this and I've always wanted to because my grandmother said that, you know, maybe this happened to you for a reason and I believe that and it's to help other people and it's to get it out there to say, hey, you're heard, you know, just keep, keep doing what you're doing and try to get help if you can. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of No Country for Old Mark and Juan. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and today I have two co-hosts. Mr. and Mrs. Juan Smith. Yes, we have Juan and his wife, Jasmine, who you may briefly uh, have heard in the uh, Nacho Rant from Episode 6. Still, Still my personal favorite thing I've ever recorded in my entire life. And I've recorded, like, a couple of albums. (laughs) So, anyways, real quick, before we get down to business, I have two things. First of all is all the business. Reach out to us, facebook.com slash nocountrypodcast, Instagram at nocountrypodcast, Twitter at podcast underscore country, email us at nocountrypodcast at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail. I think this episode might inspire some of you. You might want to. Please reach out, uh, 346-291-0050. There was something else I was going to say, but my brain is so fried from today and yesterday that I forgot. So if I remember <laughs> it, I'll say it later. <laughs> Welcome to our world, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been... It's You'll get into it. So real quick before I want to get into this, I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer out there for all of you listeners. Uh, number one, if you have kids around, shut it off. Put in headphones. This episode, we're going to talk about some very serious, heavy stuff. Uh, this is not for kids. Normally, I would say it's not for kids, but some people might be like, oh, it's just Juan and Mark being ridiculous. No, just... And also, I want to give a warning out there to anybody. Uh, this is a very sensitive subject we're going to deal with today. Uh, If for some reason this reminds you of something and you feel overwhelmed, do you feel panicked, do you feel anxiety, stop, put it on pause, get help, and, uh, you know, reach out, you know, do whatever you have to do because this is going to be the most serious, probably the heaviest, hardest hitting episode that we've ever done. Uh, We're still going to look for some silver linings. We're still going to make some jokes. Uh, Uh, You got to. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, that's it's how we it's how we approach this. It's kind of our therapy, and humor is our therapy. But uh, with this one here, uh, just up front, we if there's any jokes made, preface this: this is not made. <laughs> these jokes are not made at anyone else's expense. Uh, we're not here to tear anybody down. Uh, some of this stuff might be stuff we're still dealing with. But first, uh, I guess I'm gonna start this off, and. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a little while. This has been a hard thing for me to really come to terms with, just in the sense of that maybe this is something I should share on the podcast because I feel like I have this platform. And the whole premise of the show is, you know, the silver linings and, you know, helping people find the funny light in, or finding the funny things in hard things in life. I briefly shared before how uh, 14 years ago I lost my mom and my brother's first wife and she was pregnant in a car accident and I might touch base a little bit more on that later but I've been through some really tough trying hard stuff. Uh, That's still the worst thing I've ever been through in my life. It's given me a lot of perspective on things that I've gone through later on in life but still 
life in this world is not hard. Literally every human being in this world is flawed, but that doesn't mean they're worthless. So today we Thank are going to talk. <laughs> We're going to share some of our own personal stories. <coughs> We're going to share some of our own personal insights. And we are by no means experts in the field. So do not come. Pl- I mean, if you want to send us messages, fine. That's fine. Uh, if you come at us judging us, telling because uh, I've had every time I've shared, not every time, when I've shared about this particular my particular experiences before there have been people that have come and tried to analyze me and tell me what I did wrong why I'm doing something wrong what is wrong with me if I just did a b or c or this then I would be fine why am I being dramatic and stuff like that uh it's not always the case if you haven't experienced something shut up and just listen I'm just gonna say it now and normally I'm a pretty like chill, calm, mild-mannered guy. I don't swear a lot. That might change in this one because I'm going to be really, really vulnerable in this one, and I don't want to be, but I really feel inspired that I should do this for anyone else out there who might be feeling like me. Uh, The subject today is abuse. And uh, one thing I was thinking about yesterday, and actually for the past few days, is that abuse comes in all uh, shapes and sizes and forms. And I, I, it finally clicked to me. I was like, and it, it really clicked to me because I'm doing therapy again. And then I'm doing my own research and stuff and reading articles. And just when I, <clears throat> when I realize that I want to grow as a person, I get super proactive I, I I'm like I want to f- I want to like figure out how I can advance myself, how I can become a better person for myself and then for all the people around me because I don't want to stay stuck in the same place. And so I've just really been digging into like research on my own and talking to a therapist and all this other stuff. And it's been really really rough because I used to think that as, as a lot of people probably do, I would think, a lot of people, when you hear the word abuse, people think of sexual abuse or physical abuse. And um, I'm not discounting those things. Those are two terrible things. Those are two terrible things for anyone to go to, through. Those are, th- those are two things that just really, really have always like angered me. I've wanted to protect people that I've known that have suffered those, that type of abuse. It's just wrong. It's wrong for someone to sexually or physically abuse someone else. I've known people who've been physically or sexually abused. It's so helpless to feel, t- t- as a person who knows someone that they care about, to see them go through it and to really be powerless to do it, especially when the individual doesn't want to press charges or they keep denying it. Oh, I fell, you know, slipped and fell or it wasn't like it looks and, you know, and stuff like that. That's really infuriating. Uh, my experience with abuse uh, to my somehow miracle benefit has not been physical or sexual, but it has been verbal and it has been emotional and it has been mental. And from experience, I can tell you that it is just as damaging. It's, did you want to say something, Juan? Well, I was just thinking too, interjecting that uh, even, I would say, honestly, the mental part of abuse is what keeps all the other really negative stuff happening. So it's yeah. kind of like the base, and it is the worst area. If a person controls your emotions, your thoughts, uh, your inability to to deal or make change, yeah, then that's the most damaging part of the abuse. Whether it's all or none of the, you know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's just emotional or not, I know that for me, I could say words are. I'd rather take a punch in the face any day of the week than some of the things have been said to me. 
Oh, you yeah. Know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's just me. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but, you know, bring it up. Just hit me, man. I'd rather have yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. So, uh, it's... you know, in, in I, I want to say to people, uh, you know, I know this is a heavy subject, and a lot of times uh, it's just it's just all jokes, but I, we also want you as listeners to understand that we are real people, and we want you to feel that you can identify with us if you feel alone in any of this stuff. You're not going to feel alone by the end of this podcast. Yeah. So thank you, and I appreciate you all listening. Um, and I promise I will still, you know, hopefully maybe pee myself later. We'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good first joke there. <laughs> uh, you you know, some of you, uh, I, I gotta, I have to preface this because I know that a few of my family and friends out there, I don't think everybody I know listens to this podcast, but I know a few people do. So if you do know me and you're going to listen to this, you're probably going to be able to identify some of this. I'm not going to name names. I'm going to keep things kind of vague, but you'll probably figure it out. Uh, Just want to preface this. This by no means gives you any right to go and talk to or confront or try and stand up for me to the person who abused me. It's just stay out of it. But that's just... Not and I, that's not me. Don't sit there and don't send me messages or text saying, "Oh, but you're just a protecting the person who abused you." No, it's none of your business. It's a very like, reasonable respe- uh, request. It just respect respect what I'm asking you to do because there's a reason for that. I don't need to share it with you, but I'm clear headed. I'm in therapy. I'm actually very confident. I'm very happy in my life. I've just realized that. Whoa. Okay. So essentially, what happens? What happened? was I was in a relationship with someone, a woman. It was actually a very good relationship. It had its rocky parts just like any any other relationship. I didn't expect perfection ever because I know we live in an imperfect world. There was like some some just like rocky parts that didn't quite make sense to me. And she had some outbursts and stuff. And it was like occasional, but it never really got to be too terribly bad. Normally, she would come and apologize, and we would get over it. And we went through this period of, like, we were together, and then we weren't together, and then we got back together. And when we got back together, there was, like, a list of things where I was like, this was wrong in the relationship before. I'm not going to be in the relationship if these things are going to continue to happen. And I need some promises and assurances because I'm not going to be in a relationship like this. I was just like, I put up some good boundaries because I was like, I, you know, if you're going to behave this way, if you're going to keep breaking promises, then I'm not going to, I, I, I don't like the phrase waste my time, but I think it's sort of applicable, but I mean, it really is like, I don't want to invest in this if this is just going to continue to happen. And so she agreed to that. I'm going to promise you. And I said, okay, you're going to have to show me through actions because actions speak louder than words. And for a good year, year and a half. Things were fine. We had our normal ups and downs. We had our, you know, tiffs and fights and spats and stuff, but uh, there wasn't this, it, w- it wasn't what I would necessarily call abusive. And it was just like the normal, like, oh, I'm frustrated with you. You did this or you said this and it hurt me. And that's all like normal part of a relationship. Like, you know, oh, Mark, you got frustrated the other day and you lashed out on me. And I'm and I'm the kind of person where if like the last thing I want to do is hurt my friends, hurt the person, the woman I'm with, hurt my family, whatever. And so if someone comes to me uh, and, you know, they say, hey, you did this and it hurt. 
Most of the time, I'm going to immediately be repentant and remorseful and apologize. Now, that being said, there have been a few times where I've been going through my own stuff or dealing with something of my own, and I haven't quite seen it that way. But eventually, I always come around. And that's just because I know full well that I got work to do on myself. And I know that's been t- I know there was times where I was like that and she got frustrated with me. And the reverse is true too. I would be like, hey, you're doing this, it's driving me nuts. Or it's hurtful. You know, this has to stop. And we had like our relationship went from like this weird like not weird. It just went from this like relationship that was kind of like in its infancy and it started and grew into something really, really beautiful with tons of potential. And it really got to a point where it was better than I thought it should be or thought it could be is probably a better word. And that really, really just surprised me because I was like, wow, we're actually growing to places where I wanted, wanted to go. And it was she started proving my doubts wrong, which was like, so, oh, she's keeping her promises. She's coming through for me when I need her to, which was really, really awesome. So we got engaged, which was super fantastic. I planned out something really special. It went off without a hitch. It was one of the happiest days of my life. It's still one of the greatest memories I have. I still remember it with great fondness because it was just a good day. And it was a good time. And I'm not going to let everything that happened of it take away my joy from having a good day. I'm not one of those people where if something bad happens to me, it ruins everything. Like, my mom dying doesn't ruin my childhood or doesn't ruin you know any other memories of my mom. It may sting more, but I still love thinking about my mom. It hurts. I miss her more, but... I'm not going <laughs> to let bad things rob me of my joy. And so um, things started getting... Well, anyway, so what happened was you got to this, like, crux of an issue in life. And she was supposed to do something for me, something she had promised to do. And I had been waiting for, like, a year. I'm not going to get into it because it doesn't really matter. And she let me down. It was something really simple. She basically came almost to the point of pulling through. And if she had pulled through, literally, it was like five seconds away from... It was, it was, a, it was a single decision away from just like coming through and it would have changed everything. We probably would have still been together. And um, I... Like, in that moment, I was really frustrated and really hurt and really angry because I felt super let down. And... I'm an extremely patient person. I'm an extremely forgiving person. And she was just like, oh, well, I just can't do this right now. We're just going to have to figure something else out. And made it seem like she didn't have a choice. She did have a choice. And she chose to not follow through. I wanted to make it work. So I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can figure out a way to make it work. Now that I look back at it, I probably should have just ended it right there because I was like, you promised me this. This is a huge deal. I told you a year and a half ago this was a huge deal, and now you broke that promise. And I should have stood more firm on that boundary, but I didn't. Lesson learned, if you make a boundary, stand by it. And if somebody else isn't going to honor that boundary and break their promises, time to start reevaluating things. And time to start, you know, really being like, have some serious conversations. So... Went through like a couple months of just like a bunch of uncertainty. Things weren't necessarily all that bad. And then uh, we had like a really good weekend together with her family. Things were fantastic again. She came and was like, hey, you know, 
I'm really sorry for what I did and how I treated you. And um, we had this, we were, it was nuts because we were in Los Angeles and we were at this uh, Mexican like ice cream store and we had just like a super good conversation. It was one of the best moments of our relationship. Just an open and honest conversation. Like, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want anything else in that moment except for that conversation. And I looked back and I was like, that was fantastic because it was truly identifying and understanding and being vulnerable with each other. And it was just a really deep, pure, wonderful, beautiful moment of two people who loved each other. And I was like, this is my future. We're engaged. I was like, I don't expect it to always be like this, but these are the moments I live for. This is why I invest all my time all my money, all my energy into this because this is the payoff. These moments where we can talk to each other and tell each other what we really feel and be vulnerable and we can build something better. And things were great for like two months. And then two months later, it just went south, like almost immediately for no real apparent reason that I can understand. And I would be like, hey, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, I'm mad about stuff at work. And she had just started a new job and was stressed out a lot. But I was like, this doesn't add up because I get stressed out at work too, but I don't treat you like shit. I was like, I get mad too and I may gripe and complain and lash out, but I'm not like just berating. And it, it really started like <laughs> looking back when it like this cycle of abuse started and it was verbal and it was very demeaning and started getting more and more derogatory as time got on. And it started out with something as stupid as how I held a fork. What? And I rem yeah. And I remember <laughs> because I was like, I remember because I was like, this is, this is insane. I was like, this is actual insanity. Like this, I was just not you remember insane, the specific like, moment. I remember this specific moment. Cause I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So we were eating dinner and I was like, just, I was super hungry. I think we had just gotten done at the gym and I was super hungry. And when I'm super hungry, like, I'm just like, eat. And I just don't think about Munchals. I'm a typical guy. I'm you just go like, full eat. one on it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I eat it real I eat it real fast. And so I ate, like, whatever we were eating really fast. And, and like, out of nowhere, she was like, you're holding your fork wrong. And I was like, meh. I was like, who cares? Like, I was like, it's not like we're at a fancy dinner or a fancy restaurant or we're, like, with a bunch of people. Like, Hold on. You weren't at a fancy place? You no. That never happens. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, it doesn't, I was like, who cares? I was like, I was like, what? She's like, well, you, you, you don't need to hold your fork like that. You should hold it the proper way. And I was like, oh, like this? She's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I was like, I obviously grew up that way and I just kind of like got stuck with it. So I was like, eh. I was like, I guess you're just going to have to deal with it. And so she's like, well, why should I? And I remember this conversation almost word for word specifically because it just like devolved into this rant about how I hold a fork. And I was like, what? This is ridiculous. She goes, well, you look like a fucking Neanderthal. And I was like, what, now we're name calling over how I hold a fork? Damn. And I was like, I was like, what is this about? And so like, to me, it just didn't make any sense. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And just stop talking to me. And I was like, What? <laughs> I was like, it's, I'm just holding a fork. I don't mean to chuckle at that. That's just so freaking out there that it, I mean, wow. Yeah. So anyways, I, I forgot about it. And I was at the, in that moment, I was like, this is bizarre. But then I was like, probably had a bad day at work, probably stressed out, probably has something else in her mind. 
I'm not making a big deal of this because I'm a very, I'm an honestly a very forgiving person. I don't hold things against people because I know that everybody's flawed and people just say stuff they don't mean sometimes. And well, I was you like, would have thought you're just having a bad day, right? Exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, just having a bad day. So not going to freak out about it. And I was like, and like, I forgot about it. Uh, like the next day or two days later, I'm not exactly sure. We were with her mom and we're eating dinner and she's like, hold your fork right. And I was like, what? And then she's like, can you believe him? The way he's holding, and just like went on a rant about how like, it was like, it was talked up to the point of like, I was like so humiliating and I I was so disgusting because I didn't hold my fork the appropriate way. And like, I was just like, what? And once again, you look like a Neanderthal. And I was like, where is this coming from? And her mom's like, oh, you know, like what? Like, he's just holding his fork. It's like, it's just the three of us. What does it matter? And she was like super pissed. I was like. Like Aquanet pissed. Yeah, exactly. But, like, and I was, but for no real reason. Yeah. Well, there's and I was, a reason. You'll get to a, it. But. Right. There's a reason. But it didn't really. It, could, it, it wasn't it related any, to that. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't related to that. And I'm not even sure if it had anything to do with me. And I still probably think it probably has something to do with something else. Um. Even if she, like, so anyways, I was like, what? Like, this doesn't make any sense. So from then on, things just got worse and worse and worse. And looking back on it now, because I didn't realize it at the time, it was, it was, it became like a ridiculous cycle of verbal abuse. And, and when I say ridiculous cycle, I mean, like, just like berating me, critical of everything, putting me down name calling i would give like you know i need some um, mark i need some suggestions i need some help here and me being me i'm like hey let's do this we can do that and just shooting down everything and it finally got to the point like you know other things that are like verbal or emotional abuse like i was in school at that time and i would like get a really good grade and one day i got like i was like i got an a on one of my tests i think and and a uh something was said to me to the effect of well yeah you only got that because i nagged you so hard to get into school so it really doesn't mean anything and i'm like so my my hard work doesn't mean anything because you nagged me to go to school it was basically devaluing my accomplishment very demeaning right and very demeaning and like taking credit for my accomplishment like i didn't have anything to do with it it's all because of her and i was like what and i don't remember that that was like it was something that affected i was like what no, like I come, I come here. I do all the work. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So then I started asking. I'm like, what's really going on here? Nothing. I'm fine. I'm like, clearly you're not fine, because you're pissed all the time. You're angry all the time, and you won't talk to me. So then things started to evolve. Where wasn't responding to my text messages. Wasn't responding to my phone calls. When I did get on the phone, I would be like, what's really going on? Nothing. Fine. Leave me alone. I'm just stressed out for work. And there, and so I'm like, there's something else going on. I just don't understand what it is. And the whole time, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And there's more like explosive rants and anger directed at me. And I don't even, most of the time, I don't even understand why. And, like, I'm not going to get into many more details because it doesn't really matter. But there was a lot of just, like, verbal abuse. And I was just like, and I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And, like, I remember stopping and thinking to myself, I'm like, the things I'm being accused of 
are not anything I'm doing. Uh, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, I know I'm not doing these things because these things are not in my character. I don't think this way. I, I, you know, and like just like other off the wall stuff that I was just like, there's something. And so basically during this time, I went on a trip to Israel. I invited her to go with me. She turned me down. I invited her to go again. She turned me down again. And I was like, okay, if you don't want to go, that's fine. Do you have a problem with me going by myself? No. I waited a couple weeks and asked again because I was like, I'm going to give her some time to think about it. And I'm, I gave her like two or three chances to tell me, no, I'd rather you not go for whatever reason. Never said no. And I was like, okay, if you don't have a problem with this, and I even said up front, if you don't have a problem with this, I'm going to buy the ticket. No, I don't mind. Bought my ticket. Uh, went to plan my trip to Israel like two weeks before, two or three weeks before the trip. She tells me she has, uh, she, she was working, but her schedule worked out. So when I was going to be in Israel, she had the time off and I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. Buy a ticket. Come with me. I was like, I'll figure out like arrangements for like the Airbnbs or whatever. I was like, you have the time off. No, I'm going to stay here. Why? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, you said you wanted to go on a trip. You enjoy going on trips. I offered to take you on a trip. You turned me down. And then I asked you if it didn't bother, if it bothered you, you said no. And I was like, and now you actually have the time off, which was, she was afraid that she wouldn't have the time off to go on the trip, which is why she said no in the first place. I was like, you have the time off and you have the money. So let's go. No, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to stay. Why? I don't want to. You're not, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This is very out of character. And so anyways, I went, I was like, well, I'm still going to go. I made these plans. I'm going to do this. I went, had a great time. I even got, I even rented like an Israeli phone, phone number and stuff so I could call her. I called her like four or five times. Never talked to me. Only sent me a couple texts during most of the trip. Basically just like cut off most communication with me. Wouldn't talk to me. Wouldn't answer my phone calls. And like when I was there, I had like a lot of personal breakthrough because traveling independently, especially alone by yourself, why it can be dangerous sometimes, especially more for women than for men is you can learn a lot about yourself. You can gain a lot of confidence, which I came back with so much more self-confidence. It was insane. I came back feeling like a million bucks. Like I was the mark like, I know now. Yeah, exactly. So I came back and I came back to, why the fuck did you go to Israel without me? What the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Um, I asked you to go. You said no. I asked you to go again. You said no. Uh, I asked you if you minded me a couple times. If you minded me going by myself, you said no. You got the time off, had the money to come, and even if you had it, I would have paid for it, and you turned me down. Well, I wanted you to take me to Paris instead. Why didn't you say so? Well, you should have just been able to figure that out. What? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I cannot read your mind. That's absurd. I was like, you need to communicate with me. Well, you're terrible at communication. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm communicating with you. I've been trying to communicate with you for months. You're the one that's not talking to me. You're not talking to me. You're not communicating anything to me. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that you're mad all the time. And every and so then the conversations were just everything was my fault. I couldn't do anything right. Tearing me down. And it was it I'm not gonna repeat some of the things because I just don't want to relive it. But some of the worst things a person ever said to me were said to me by her. And I'm like, 
what? I was like, what happened to like just a few months ago when everything was great? I was like, I don't even understand what is bringing this on. What is really going on? What's, what's doing this? So finally, I was like, something's wrong. Let's do couples counseling. And that took probably a good month of just like, we should try this. Finally, she agreed to it. And uh, uh, we went through it. And she wouldn't ever really talk about anything with the counselor. There was one session I remember where for like 20 minutes, he would talk to her and she was just mostly silent and just didn't say anything. And then he would be like, well, Mark, what do you think? And I would talk to him. This is what I think. This is what I feel. And he would be like, okay, maybe you could improve in this or you could do this to help her understand. And so every time he would tell me something, I was literally like, sitting down, writing down, okay, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. And he'd talk to her and it'd just be silence. And I was like, okay, she's not responding to this. I don't know why, but something weird's going on. So finally we went to a few counseling sessions. And after the last one, she called me and she was like, uh, that counselor doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't think he has enough experience. I don't think he's qualified. And uh, we just shouldn't go to counseling. I was like, what? Why? I'm like, this guy has two master's degrees in counseling and he's been doing it for 25 years i was like this dude is more than qualified i'm like do you just not like what he's saying no he doesn't have any idea what he's talking about i'm like i I, no i was like i no that's i was like i don't think you want to hear what he's saying and you're just trying to make an excuse i was like not to be super scooby on this but uh i think you're right fred (laughs) yeah and so i was that was like a huge red flag for me so i was like that I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was and I was like, hey, I was like, I've been receptive to what he said. He's told me I should work on these areas. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, and when he talks to you and tells you where the areas you need to work on, you come back and tell me not during the session that he's an idiot and doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't add up at all. And so at this point, I was super frustrated, super distraught. But I wasn't like. I wasn't mad at her. I wasn't retaliating. I was just like, what? I was just like, my, 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 no, most my thing. I was trying to reach out to her, trying to like communicate, trying to show her I loved her in the, in her love language ways that I knew how. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. And so I just kept like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to keep on being the best man that I can be because we're still engaged. And this is the woman I want to marry. And in my mind, I'm like, I think we'll find a way to navigate through this because, you know, I'm like, we've been to the really good parts before and this is probably just one of those really low parts that all relationships go through. So we had one more session with the counselor and the counselor was like, hey, you go, you guys live pretty far apart. He's like, just meet up with each other for like a week. He's like, he's like, a lot of times you just need to like spend time together and like, you know, actually be in each other's presence. And, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, do the simple things. He's like, hold each other's hands, go on walks. He's like, do all the things that you brought you two together in the first place. And I was like, okay. And she was like, he's like, can you both agree to that? We're like, yeah. So we planned a trip, got together, got, she came here. And I'm not kidding. We had a fantastic time together. Absolutely. Oh, damn fantastic. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was great. I, and it was like all of the junk melted away. Everything was fine. We talked about some things. And like the last conversation we had face to face, 
she was like, what do you think we could do to fix this? Give me some ideas. And it was on the way. We were like, stop to get dinner before we took, I took her to the airport. And I was like, okay, you want suggestions? I was like, we could do A, B, C, D. I was like, there's probably more things, but I can't think of right now. But I was like, there's tons of ways to fix this. We just have to, you know, start trying things. Wouldn't say a word. Literally didn't say a word. And I was like, so what do you think? Didn't say anything. And I'm like, why are you saying nothing? I was like, say something. Didn't say anything. Finally, I was like, what's going on? I need to get to the airport to my plane. What? I was like, you asked me for these suggestions and input, and now you're just cutting me off. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I was like, okay, well, I guess you do have to get your flight. So I took her to the airport, and I was like, I love you. Uh, What's going on? She just like turned and walked into the terminal. I was like, what the heck is going on? I was like, this is so weird. So basically, she goes home, and I was like, so is this over? I guess. Well, I mean, I guess. I was like, make a freaking decision. I told you I want to fix this. Wouldn't make a decision. Wouldn't come right out and say it for like a couple of weeks. And then finally, um, fuck it. I'm saying it on the air. I don't care. Um, (laughs) uh, What happened was I was getting to the point where I was like, I, I feel like I'm being used and this isn't right and I'm not going to let this happen anymore. And I was just like, this just, just, I was like, something is wrong. She's shutting me out. I don't know why. She had told me there was something that I did a year. And one thing she had said, there was something that I did that a year before that had hurt her. And I was like, it, it, I was like, okay, but we talked about that a year ago. And it wasn't anything. Oh, it wasn't the super- fork then. Okay, that's- right. But I was. But the thing was, it was like, it was. It was like, she, it wasn't like. And I explained. Okay, what had happened was, uh, she had graduated from nursing school. She had called me when she had taken her last test. I was at work, and I had a difficult customer, a very difficult customer, probably the most difficult customer I've ever had literally yelling at me and cussing in my face just like your job is effing shit just this lady was going off on me and i was trying so hard and i've been dealing with this lady for like two months i was trying so hard to either not quit my job in the on the spot or not yell at this lady because i could feel my temper boiling over and i was like i'm a professional i cannot treat a customer like this i was like i have to just like Deal with this, suck it up, finish the job, and I'm out of here, and I don't have to come back. So she calls me. I have no idea what day it is because I am super enraged. Not at her, but at the customer. She's like, oh, hey, I passed my class. I'm like, that's really awesome. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, this is fantastic. This is what she's been working for. So in my best, considering the circumstances, in the best way possible, I'm like, I'm really happy for you. I'm really excited for you. I'm having a terrible day at work right now. I'm going to have to call you back later. That was about the nicest thing you could have possibly done. You've been nice the whole time, but to be nice at that point, dude, you're like a superhuman nice person. (laughs) So she's like, oh, okay. So then for the next three days, she proceeded to tell me how much of an asshole I was because I wasn't excited with her and I wasn't freaking out and jumping jumping up and down with joy. And I was like, wait a minute. I, I answered the phone because I figured it was important and it was. 
And I did the best I could with the information that I had and with what I was going with through at the time. But apparently, a year later, she never let that go. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I have a bad day and I'm the bad guy? I was like, that, that doesn't add up. I mean, I can understand you're disappointed that I wasn't overjoyed, but I was having a... Like, I had been dealing with this lady for two months. I had to deal with her for another month. It was a super stressful time for me. And when I say super stressful, difficult lady... I'm not even going to go into it, but like, imagine the hardest per- the person that has irritated you the most has been the most berating and the most difficult person in your life. And you have to work for that person for three months. It was super stressful. Three months. So, I wouldn't yeah. have lasted three hours. <laughs> so like, and I lost, I lost so much money on that job. I lost thousands. So the next day, so then like a year later when this is all relationships all fall apart, she's telling me that's why. And I'm like, but that's not even a real reason. I was like, I can understand, but I was like, that's something you should have gotten over. I was like, that's, that doesn't, that's not ground shaking. That's not earth shattering. I understand. And I even said, I was like, I understand you could be disappointed or probably hurt by that, but I don't understand how you could be holding on to this. Like I'm some terrible person who like did something awful. I was like, that just doesn't add up. It did. And it, and it didn't. And it still doesn't because it was like, People have bad days. And when people have bad days, they don't respond in the way that you would hope they would. And so I was just, it was just one of those days. I've been on the other side of that where I'm super excited about something. And I go tell whoever, you know, my brother, or my father, her or somebody else. And they're oh, and you're like and at first you're like taken aback, like, oh, maybe they're mad at me. And like, oh, you find out later. Oh, you know, I just having a bad day. Got, you know, I got in a fight with my wife or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, OK, now I understand why you were that way the other day. No big deal. Water under the bridge. So I was just like. This doesn't make any sense. So she had this run which she'd been planning for like a triathlon went to do it and was like I want I wanted to, I wish you could be here. I wished I could be there too, but I just couldn't afford it cuz I had other financial responsibilities. I also didn't feel it very safe at that time. And so um, cuz there was just too much up in the air and everything was too uncertain and weird. And so uh, the week following that um, this is the craziest thing. The week following that I, um, like, oh, and she, like, she had asked me, she's like, oh, are you dating anybody? I was like, no. She's like, well, you don't have a dating profile up anywhere? I was like, well, you told me about the Bumble app where you could do the best friend thing, and I've been doing that. I've been trying to meet this other, I met this, my friend Gabe, I met this other guy, Ibrahim. I was like, I'm looking for, like, other friends to hang out with. That's all. She's like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm, I'm not got nothing to hide here. You're so good. It's just about, it's, you're making me feel like a bad person over here. It's, uh, <laughs> And so, and like, um, I really, and I was like, honest, I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to make friends. I'm meeting people. That's all. Seriously. Like, that's the legit honest truth. And like, I'm not the kind of person, like, I've learned a long time ago, if someone suspects you of doing something, you saying it again and again and again and again isn't going to make yourself look any less guilty if they've already made up their mind that they think you're guilty. So I'm just one of those people where I tell them the truth once. And if you don't believe that it's true or you're going to doubt me, then that's your choice. Because I can't control your response. I'm not responsible for your actions or I'm not responsible for how someone else chooses to handle information. And for me, I have had a whole track record of not cheating on her. I didn't cheat on her. We weren't in a rela- you know, when we were in a relationship, I wasn't cheating on her. I wasn't flirting with anybody else. And I know that. Whether she thought so or not, not my problem. 
because I know I didn't. And I got peace about that because she meant a lot to me and there was no way I was going to throw that away First, just some other side piece. There was there's just no way. And anybody who knows me really would be like, yeah, we know Mark. There was no way Mark would ever jeopardize that. So, yeah, that's why I can hang out with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she had this event with her mom and it was like a big event. And, her, and uh, she said, oh, I'm going to wear the engagement ring you bought me to this event because I don't want anybody hitting on me. And I don't want any... Um, of my mom's friends to try and hook me up with anybody. And I was like, why is that? She's like, swear to God, I'm not making this up. I'm not twisting this. I'm not embellishing for all. She said, because we're on the phone and I have a really good memory. I am not one in that instance. I have a really, <laughs> really good memory. And I'm not embellishing this because it hurt or whatever. Later on, oh, she said, I want to make this work with you. I don't want people to like think that I'm available. I'm committed to you. And I want to find and make this work. I just don't know how that looks right now at this moment. And I was like, okay, show me. Fair, fair. I think yeah. th I thought that was fair. Didn't hear from her for like four or five days. And I was like, okay, giving her time. Not a big deal. Maybe like a text message here or there, but like no real conversation. Four or five days. We need to talk. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm having a really rough time. Why is that? Oh, you know, just work and stress and everything's been crazy and I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too. You know, and I, I just really feel like you know, I miss our like face-to-face -face conversations. I miss those too. Like, you know, like we, I, I just want to have the, like that good connection and conversation and communication that we have when things are good. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Like I met this dude last night. I went on a date with this guy and I really, really want that kind of conversation that him and I had. I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Say what? You went, on a you went on a date with a guy last night? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, nothing physical happened, but um, I just really needed that kind of connection with somebody. And straight up, I was like, "You just crossed the line. Please don't contact me anymore. This hurts more than anything else anybody's ever done to me. I'm done. Just leave me alone." I was like, "This is unacceptable." No, no, Mark, you don't understand. And I was like, "No." I was like, "The buck stops here. This." My God. I was like, this is my boundary. I was like, you cannot play me and somebody else. You cannot tell me four or five days ago that you're going to be committed to me and then go start dating other guys. I was like, there is no freaking way I would do that. Yeah, I'll make uh, friends. That, there's no other way to look at that. But that's yeah. As, that's as black and white as it gets. That's literally one of the shittiest things anybody's ever done to me in my life. I was so hurt. And in that moment, I was like... If I don't stop this now, I'm either going to get hurt more and worse, or I'm going to lose my temper, and I don't want either of those to happen. So I was like, this has to stop now. And I did the full stop. I went to therapy. I was like, full social media blockade. You know, you know, it was just like, there's no communication because this is completely unacceptable behavior. So I went through my grieving period. I went through like the five stages of grief. I was mad about it. I was upset about it. And then, like, I got over it. And then uh, going to therapy again, uh, talking about my therapist, like, it all, like, came to me one day. I was like, holy crap. That was a cycle of abuse. Oh, and absolutely. Like, and, and then, the, and, like, everything, like, started, like, all this realization started to set in. And I was like, whoa, that, that was an abusive situation. And I didn't even realize it. 
And I was talking with one of my friends. And one of my friends was like, yeah, I was like, oftentimes when you're in an abusive situation, you don't even realize it till you're out of it. And I was like, that's why sometimes for people who are being abused, it's super, super hard for them to get out of it because they don't see it. And I was like, wow. And then somebody else was like, oh, well, it was your fault because of this, this and this. And I was like, just stop with me right now. Just no. I'm like, and I was like, I know myself well enough to know that I don't need you coming here telling me that it's my fault that I got abused when I didn't even know it was happening. Just just stop. You know, like you can think, stop analyzing the situation. Stop pretending like you know what's going on. Just stop. Um, and so I, I was like, it, it was like this weird enlightening moment where I was like, holy crap. I was in a very abusive relationship. It was like at the end there for the last few months. And like, I still don't understand why I have some inkling inclinations as to why, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. It's just because I know her, no how she grew up, what her life was like, what possibly could be the case. But I don't know. I'm not going to assign blame. I'm not going to assign guilt because really, ultimately, I don't know. We don't talk anymore. It's not my business. Uh, and then I finally got to the point where I was like, now that I recognize that, I was like, I need to, and this right here is the kicker, folks. I was like, I need to forgive her for that because if, it was like, if I hold on to this or if I somehow think that you know, oh, this person abused me, and then I start using that as like a wall to keep other people with him. Like, this could literally ruin my life. So, immediately, as soon as I realized that, I was like, okay, that's it. I choose to forgive her. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it okay. But that just means the, the memory of this is not going to poison me. It's not going to make me resentful. It's not going to make me bitter. It's not going to make me angry. And I just like was like, I said it out loud, I was like, I forgive you for what you did and let it go and it was like all it was like what i had just recently come to realize just faded away and i was like wow this is really freeing and the fact that you could have that insight at that time i mean that's amazing because you literally caught it at the infancy and, oh yeah and dealt with it and it didn't and when i got reconnected to you you were this like new mark like yeah. this super confident, happy, like you've always been the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Cause you and I reconnected. Positive outlook is just, you know, yeah. You and I reconnected none. literally like days after it ended between her and I, and I went through all that stuff and I was like, I was like, I need to like, I was like, I need to reach out to people who I know are solid and who are, who are not going to treat me this way. And you were literally like the first person I thought of. Oh, that's really nice, man. That's probably the first time and last that'll ever be said of me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, and like, I just want to be real with people. Like, I hope you glean from that, that story. Like, first of all, abuse happens to men too. Um, especially men who are not alpha males. Like there's a lot of kind hearted, gentle, kind, caring men out there who just get shit on their whole lives. And guys, if you feel like, I mean, okay, I should say people, like men and women, abuse comes in all forms and everything. You don't have to stand for it. You really, really don't. I, like, if you have a family member or a friend that points something out to you, that's, hey, we noticed this and this doesn't add up. See, I didn't have anybody really telling me that. Like, and 
I had to come to it on my own. And I'm, I, and the thing is, is like, I feel like I'm a better person for it, actually, because I allowed it to make me better. I could have let it make me bitter and angry or resentful. I mean, there was times where I was, what did get angry, but I was like, my anger is not going to control me. And my anger is not going to be, not going to make me lash out uh, to a person or devalue or dehumanize a person who hurt me because she may be flawed. She did some really messed up things. She really hurt me. But ultimately, she still has value because everybody has value to well, me. Well, and, and what you did there was what we always talk about, which is you, you, you dealt with it, but you also found the silver lining in that. And also, an added bonus to that is being able to tell other people about that because, um, you know, sometimes you just don't see things until you hear it and you're like, whoa, that's, that's my situation. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, and that is actually the primary reason why I wanted to have this subject, even though it was... I'll be honest with you. Like, I thought about this for, like, probably 12 hours, and I really didn't want to do it. And I actually told you that one via text. I was like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to say this. I Like, I shared part of the story with you, and, you know, but... Because you're someone that I trust, but then you were like, no, I think this is a really good idea. Like, we could help some people with this. And then I started thinking about, like, yeah, I was like, no. I was like, I will probably gain freedom from letting this out because then it won't have – if it did have some sort of hold on me that I'm not aware of, then it won't anymore. Because I've learned some of the best time, best things we can do when we've been through some hard stuff is to share it because then that way we're getting it out. And, uh, and yeah, I'm sorry. I, no, I was no just worries. thinking that, you know – it, that is a freeing feeling. It's a liberating feeling. And it's also a way to get clarity that, you know, that, that the situation is completely understood. Yeah. And uh, on that note, um, I'd like to introduce the listeners to my wife, Jasmine, which is, she actually spells the first part J A Z Z. And we've been married six years. And I'm going to have her just kind of give you uh, a brief rundown of of our relationship and a little bit about what we've been through. And, um, and then I'll, I'll probably close out after she's done her little video. Hey Mark. What's up? All right. So pretty much, um, I just want to get out there real quick that abuse is abuse and verbal abuse is just like hitting. It sticks with you. It's probably, I consider it, probably even more worse than getting hit like you guys agreed to um and i was listening to your story and the thing was about the fork and all that she was trying to figure out um something you know what i mean like she was just trying to figure out something that could be like bad about you but she couldn't find that yeah and that's what scared her yeah and another thing that i've I realized this. Yes, she was seeing another man behind your back. That's why she wasn't talking to you yeah. like that. But um, I just want to say that I think it's inspiring that you come out and you talk about this because I know there's a lot of people out there that have it either one-sided. And I know that a lot of, like, it's not just girls, it's guys, too, that get this abuse. And the thing is, is with guys, when they get this abuse... They don't, they can't talk to anybody because they feel like they're going to be labeled. So they pretty much hide it, hide it, hide it. <clears throat> just like yeah. as, just as much as a girl would. And, but they're, but the thing is, is they can't come out and say it, but a girl can. 
And that's wrong. That's so contradicting because us as women, we want to be treated as equal as we say to you guys. Yeah. But then when it comes to that, it's all of a sudden like, oh, well, you're not, you're not that. You're not to that level. Yeah. So when you hear our story, you'll understand how that played in, in our history. So yeah. why don't you go ahead and just kind of give like a... Well... Of your history, a little bit too. Okay. Well, pretty much when I was younger, I got sexually abused. And that was really hard for me. Um, it was really hard to come out and say things because when you're little, you're not supposed to know a lot of things. So, like, technically that was scarring for me too because you do start to know these things. And when people acknowledge that this is, like, right, but it's bad because you shouldn't yeah. know that, that's when you're like, okay, is something wrong with me? Because abuse also makes it to where you feel vulnerable. Right. You do not feel like you have any control. And the person that's doing it to you feels like they have the control. That's why, like, when you said she was saying stuff to you, that's how we, that's how we break into a person. Mm-hmm. is that we make sure that they're down, they're beaded down to the point where they'll try anything, but you still have all the control, and you know you do. Yeah. And the thing was is when I had that happen to me, I felt like I lost my sense of control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I, you know, it started forming there. And then as time went by, um, I pretty much, you know, either... The guys that were in my life that my mom dated are, you know, my mom's married now. So, like, my stepdad, when he, when they got a divorce, that added on to it. Um, the fact that the abuser was my, um, my brother and sister's dad, he's passed away now, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but the fact that you have to live with that point, too. It's like, it's always reminding you. It's always giving you a reminder. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's sad too. And if it wasn't for my grandparents, I don't think that I would have honestly made it through because they were so helpful with me and they explained it to me and they, they did it the best they could. And the thing was, is I felt like not only did I get something taken from me, but I felt like my family got affected by it too. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty much that went from there. And then as I got older, um, my grandfather passed away. So it was like the only stable man that I had that was like my dad was now gone. So now that that person that I had with me, it, that, that was my wall, that was my rock, is now gone. So now I'm, mm-hmm. now I'm vulnerable again. Now I feel like I lost my control again. So then what happens is, is that, builds up a wall in you it just it builds it builds it builds because not only are you scared to get hurt now you are going to put those walls up and the person that you're with is not going to know why Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be able to let them in because you're going to keep coming up with that excuse like oh um you wouldn't know about it it wouldn't make sense to you you wouldn't understand and and that's the thing and then when they find out that you do make a difference like you want to they like i got scared because when yeah. I met Juan, it was like having that security blanket back that my grandpa gave me 
like mm-hmm. as in that, you know, comfort and like being able to express yourself and talking and like feeling like yourself. And I'm old and I kind of look like him and his grandma flirted with me. And uh, I am 15 yeah. years older. So yeah. when we do the uh, daddy daughter thing, it's no. not too far off. I'm- oh <laughs> yeah. Sorry, honey. <laughs> That was a good interjection for a laugh. I think we needed that. <laughs> yeah, we did. But go ahead. But um, <laughs> but what happened was is uh, when I met Juan, like I said, he gave me this feeling of like love, and I started getting scared. I was scared shitless about it, and. The thing is, is when you have your walls built up over time and you're gaining each wall, you're putting one in front of the other like a domino. And when you find someone that loves you and you're like, oh, my gosh, it starts the domino effect. You push that one domino and then he starts breaking my walls. Mm -hmm. So then I feel scared because I feel like if he's going to break my wall, that could be it. That could be where I give him everything of me, but at the same time, he could hurt me like that, like in a snap. Right. right. And that's the one thing about abusers is it's not, it's not always about wanting to hurt the other person. It's not always like some abusers are different. Some abusers feel like the only way that I can get out or reach to you is doing this, is right. giving you what you make me feel. So if I feel hurt and you're not getting that signal... I'm going to make it so you know I'm getting hurt. Yeah. I, can I interject for yeah. one second? I wanted to touch with you on what you said. I I can see from what you're saying, I can see that that pattern was going on. And I, and like, I can look back and honestly think, I don't think she was going out of her way to abuse me. I don't think she was choosing, I'm going to abuse Mark. I'm going to hurt him. Like I said, there was some deeper root issue I was scaring her. She felt too vulnerable. Something like along those lines of what you said that she just doesn't want to deal with and doesn't want to face. And I just freaked her out. I don't know what brought it on or why, but something literally terrified her so much that she began abusing me. Because you're actually that good of a person. That's why that fear went well, on. It's, right. It's also because you gave her the kind of attention she's never had before. Right. You were the person that was like, hey, I'm going to stick this out with you. I'm going to make this work. I really love you. And that's the thing. Women, some women that have either been through abuse or have gone through some form of it, we get scared because we feel like this person loves me so much, but I'm going to let, I'm going to fail them. I know I'm going to fail them. Yeah. So what happens is we knock you down. We knock you down to the point where we feel like you can't hurt us. But if it comes to be, we can hurt you. Right. And that's the control. And what it is is um, there's also things. Now, I know a lot of people don't talk about this, but there's a lot of things that are, are it's, it's, for me, I call it triggers. Mm-hmm. And if something I feel triggers me off, I, I can't hold it in. It's, it's like a bomb exploded. Mm-hmm. And with Juan, sometimes I felt like I couldn't communicate with him as well as I, you know, I felt I wanted to. And because I was doing what I was doing and I was being the abuser, I pushed him away from me. And that made it to where he felt like, okay, 
am I not doing things right? Is something going on? Because I would automatically shut down because I was afraid that if I let myself open up and tell him something, he's going to be able to use that against me. He's going to be able to like, but what I'm saying is, is let me interject real quick. All right. Uh, for those listening to, for a lack of boring you with a lot of details, I'll just say it to you like this. If you're out there and you're in a relationship, now jazz in our minds did become physical. Okay. There was, there was violence there and I didn't know how to deal with it. I'd never been in that situation before, but I remember feeling just very demeaned. I mean, it was to the point, if you're at the point where the cops know you, like by yeah. name, yeah. and uh, it, you know, if you literally, I felt literally like my, I felt like uh, a cops episode. I, yeah. I literally felt like that. And um, if you're, it got to the point to where without details, there was going to be a body and the other one was going to jail. Like, because yeah. what eventually happened in a nutshell was instead of setting my boundaries and bailing when I should have maybe left, right? Yeah. I stuck it out. But yeah. at a point I broke and then it started going back and forth. And that mm -hmm. is how bad it got. But... What I wanted to focus on today was, and I want you all to know, is that we actually got out of this shit. We beat this shit together. But mm -hmm. the whole word is together. And yeah. without, like you're saying, both parties being able to finally just be humble enough to realize, let's stop hurting each other. Let's try to figure out a way to love each other right. Because it's like we loved each other. I believed in jazz. I believed that even when she was doing this, I believed that she was better than this. I believe there was a reason behind it. I was not yeah. going to give up on jazz. But the fact that I was not going to give up on jazz made it worse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She just yeah. couldn't break, you know, and it was it was as bad as bad could be, man. And yeah. but the thing was, I want you guys to know that for the next couple of minutes, I want you to hear about how we actually overcame this. People always talk about, well, you can figure it out or you can do this. I want you to know how we actually did this shit because we did. And we have a freaking rock solid marriage. I'm telling you, I have never been more thankful that I actually went with my gut, even though everyone told me to run. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that if you hear that, don't. But I'm saying in my case, I knew something deep in jazz was was going to help us overcome this. I did not want to be that next guy that gave up on her, and I wasn't going to give up on her. Mm -hmm. And even though it got really bad in the end, we were able to overcome. And that's what I wanted Jazz to tell you about how she was able to let those walls finally down. Yeah. And what it, it meant to our relationship. I'm not trying to direct exactly. No, I'm just saying okay. like, I, I want it to be you know, concise. And I, but I really want to focus on that silver lining because, right. man, I'm telling you, this is the best, this is the best relationship. I, I would never have thought I could have been ha this happy. So I'll shut up, <laughs> which is really hard for me. Well, the, the reason that it worked, honestly, I know a lot of people say there's different methods. And if that, mm -hmm. if that works for you, that's great. I, you know, but for me, um, you have to be able to admit to yourself and to the other person that you want to get help, mm -hmm. that you want to accept it, that you're wrong in this as well. You're, you know, it goes both ways. I've heard that before too, but at the same time, one has to start it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the, the 
a lot of times the abuser that, you know, that they start it, they don't want to admit that it's their fault. So they point yeah. it on somebody else. So they, they name it their childhood memory or, or something wrong that went with them. They hold that grudge and that's what they carry with them. And that's awful because it builds and builds and builds. And when those walls are built, pretty much uh, the guy will break your walls as much as you let him. But if you keep putting them out there, he's going to get tired and you're going to realize it. And you're, yeah. you're going to realize it. And the thing is, is some people that realize it and that are abusers, they take advantage of that. Yeah. And then there's other people that, you know, some people just say, I can't handle it anymore and they leave. Yeah. But the thing is, is me and Juan, we have a strong relationship because we literally sat down with each other and we were like, okay, I love you. Do you love me? That is the main question. Do you love each other? Do you mm -hmm. love yourself enough to get help? And with me, I loved Juan so much to the point where it was like, okay, I am ready to let go of my, my walls. I am ready to let go of this because I've been holding on to this baggage for so long. I realized if I let him go or he leaves me, that's it. I don't get another chance. I don't mm -hmm. get another chance to fix this. Mm -hmm. There's so, only one of me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, and I love you for it. But um, the thing is, is that when you say that and you actually mean it, because people can say, "Yeah, I'm gonna get help," and then and then bulge up. The yeah. minute that they hear, like, if you go to a therapist, the minute that they hear that you're the problem, that your fingers are pointed, they go silent. They don't want yeah. nothing to do with it. They don't. Yeah. In their mind, they're not the bad guys. They're not, they, they just want to be heard and they don't care how they make you hear. Like, right. that's what it is. So for me and Juan, what it was is after we decided that we were going to, you know, take the step forward. Because it was either that or we were out. Yeah. yeah. There was no other. Yeah. It was to the point where it was, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want you to get right. hurt. I don't, and I don't want well, it, you to, get, it got go to, to the, jail. Like, it was that bad. Well, it got to the point where we were making promises like that, too. We were like, okay, this is never going to happen again. I promise. You know, we're crying our eyes out. We're like, okay, you know, like, this is going to be it. And then it would return. Like, a couple of months would be fine, like you said. And then, bam, something triggers it, and it's yeah. off all over again. And that's the worst thing because it can, keep, it can catch either one of you guys off guard, honestly. Mm -hmm. The reason that yeah. we got to this point was that we realized – I have four stepchildren with Jazz. I have my son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This, and this is as embarrassing we didn't as can want be, him to and grow open up as can that. be, people, was yeah. these arguments, this violence happened in front of our kids. Yeah. That is shameful shit. It's the most, yeah. it is the lowest part of our lives, I think. And I realized at one point, that's why we finally had this conversation. Was, I think that's the hardest I realized point. we had to break this cycle for these kids. Our kids were going to follow you know what yeah. I mean? I, if that's all they know, that's all they were going to know. We needed to show them what real love was. And we needed to figure our shit out, not only for ourselves, but for our children and for whoever our children are with. We needed to break this freaking cycle. and and yeah. But unfortunately for us, it had to get that bad to get there. You know. Yeah. But this is what worked for us. And Jazz finally, to be honest, what happened was she finally opened up to me about a lot of the things that happened to her before. And I used to say, I don't want to hear it, because I didn't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it, what happened to her, you know? But once yeah. I got, and I didn't get every detail, believe me, because I couldn't handle it, but she gave me enough to help me get the idea. 
because I always knew there was a reason behind it. And in the end, even all that understanding and that still didn't work. And we finally went, and Jasmine finally went to her doctor one day and was like, I, th I need help. I need something to help me. And eventually they got her on, what was it? Wellbutrin and Selexa. Wellbutrin and Selexa. People, for those of you who don't believe in some a medical, you know, meds for whatever for help, um, in this case, it was literally night and day, right? Yeah. It I could went, feel it myself. Yeah. Within a couple weeks, it, like, stopped. Mm -hmm. All this time, all these people throwing her away for so many years, and all she needed was a little help. Mm -hmm. And ever since then... I think I just needed... Honestly, that love and that that devotion. Where well, you're what not it did leave. was the medications helped. Well, yeah, that the was a big part. Yes, to yeah. to think in a pattern that Clearly. made it where she could make changes. Right, but they they weren't changes based on a feeling. She just right. had a chemical imbalance. Yeah, it's right. real, people. It happens. And yep. guess what? You can get help. It happened to me. I took Wellbutrin, and it changed my life. Yep. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And so there are instances where you may need more than just therapy. You may need more than just really trying. Because even, believe me, we tried as hard as we could. And it yeah. still wasn't, you know, where it needed to be. And once, I, you know, once we got to that point, our relationship turned around overnight. And we've never, I've never regretted sticking it out. I never regretted all the shit I took. Because everybody I knew was like, get rid of that bitch. You know, and I would always <laughs> yeah. say, well, you know, but you don't really know. I, there's something about Jazz you just don't understand. And I, I don't understand it either, but I know there's something better in her. You know what I mean? And yeah, I've, I've never regretted sticking that out. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but for us it worked. And now, you know, me and Jazz are best friends. We literally hang out, yeah. you know, every night we sit and talk and chat and, you know, we... Every day is like a date. It's so different. Yeah. But because now Jazz finally let those walls down, I'm totally in, right? So I don't get the resistance. I don't get the snaps. I don't get the, the, the things that I used to understand where she would just snap out for no reason about weird stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm, it, because she let all that stuff finally go. And with help with the medication, it helps her be able to continue to do that. And so... For us, it worked. Yeah. And I'm just saying, it is such a good feeling when you finally got to the point where it was like, damn it, it was worth it. I didn't waste my time. And the mm -hmm. best part of it is our kids, they would say things like, you know, I remember when you guys used to fight. Mm -hmm. And when your kid says that to you, it sinks in. Because we didn't realize how bad it was affecting them. Yeah. They would get to the point where we could be yelling and screaming and throwing shit, and they'd just be sitting there watching TV. That <laughs> is a callus you never want your kids to have, an incense you, you never want them to have. So we have a lot of work to do in our family, but we now can probably tell our kids, like, you know, we weren't perfect. We aren't perfect. We'll never be perfect. But we truly love each other. And when you can look a kid in the face and tell them, we're not get. We're not breaking up. We're not ever getting divorced. We're. It's not happening. Yeah. When they used to probably wake up every day wondering if I was still gonna, you know, put up with the shit and be gone. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean. So now they have a, a, again a stability that they that they need that every kid needs, and so we feel like not only that we have a better relationship with us, but now we're gonna be able to give these kids a future 
and an example of what a relationship is supposed to be. I want to say two things. One, Go for it. One, if, if you are doing the abusing and you're doing it and you know you can stop it and you know you can get the help, get the help. Because there's doctors out there that will help you now. They have all sorts of medication, you know, and they will find the right one for you. And for people that are sticking it out, if it gets to a certain point to where you feel like this isn't going to, you know, it's not working or it's getting way worse than what it was or anything like that, I don't care who you are. If you have that excuse where it's like, well, I love him so much and I know he's going to change and, and they're just not willing to change, you need mm-hmm. to leave. Yeah. Because it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. And the family is going, your family is going to be the first one to tell you, but there's also people out there that, you know, they want to start drama. So you never know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, what I'm, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is how you forgave her, I not only had to forgive myself and have Juan forgive me, but I had to do the hardest thing. I had to literally forgive the abuser that happened to me mm-hmm. when I was younger. So with that, um, when he passed away, he basically, you know, he apologized to everybody except I. But I was able to forgive him because I felt like, no offense to this, but when he passed away, I felt better. I didn't feel mm-hmm. scared anymore. I didn't feel controlled anymore. I didn't have that fear where, what if he comes back for my brother and sister or I? It was all gone. And I could actually get past that. And I think that's why another reason why me and Juan are doing so well too is because I was able to get through that. And Juan helped me get through that as well. So with that, that was like an added bonus because mm-hmm. not, not only did I go through that, and he wasn't there at the time, but now that he is here with me, he was able to show me that love and that respect and that, you know, that growth to where, hey, if you want this to end and you want to start new, you need to do it and not do excuses. Mm-hmm. The and other thing is Jazz is always, was used to always like pick on me because like I forgive and forget. Like yeah. I am that, like you remember everything. I'm the dumb elephant, but like <laughs> I'm the dumb elephant that like, and I, I really feel blessed for this. I don't know why it's this way. I wish probably more people probably wish they felt this way or were this way, but like I actually only remember good oh memories. Gosh, yeah. I don't really remember negative stuff. I just yeah. I think because it's so deeply hurtful, I just throw it away immediately as a yeah. survival technique. You know what I mean? So you it's know, like, and it used to irritate the shit out of I wish, <laughs> you like, know, how the, ah, oh, you know, I'd be like, I'm but sorry, I, I took just can't. that, But I took that sometimes as him not caring. Because oh, I felt okay. I felt like sometimes him doing that was like, oh, that wasn't important. Your feelings weren't important. But to him, it was like, ah, you know, like uh, water under the bridge. But to me, it felt yeah. like, no, you're really not listening to me. You're really not getting what I'm trying to say. I'm like, nope, I really don't remember shit. <laughs> and now everybody that knows me knows I really don't. Yeah, but you know what's <laughs> awesome about that is? Is that you have that and people that suffer a long terminal things that have good memories wish they didn't have it mm-hmm. wish they could just have your memory no i know that's why i said it's a blessing yeah. my for, yeah. my form of dementia actually works for me <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like and for people that like 
take this abuse and they feel like somehow it's owed to them for over years or somehow, you know, they feel like they're getting karma back and they deserve it. No, no, that's, that is not true at all. What you're doing is you're allowing yourself to get abused. You are okaying it and you are trying to find excuses. So not only are you trying to like make yourself believe, but you're trying to make your family that sees something going on, try to believe because you love that person so much and you feel like, oh, if I could just, I, I know if I just stick it out one more time, I know, I know. And it's some, if they agree to get help, then yes, I agree. Get help. You both should discuss it. Like what, if you want to see a therapist, pick one that you both want to see instead of, you know, having one person do it. You mm-hmm. need to, you need to automatically do this, all this process together. Because if it's just one person, like how Mark, you said it was just mm-hmm. you, you are going to feel just so bad because not only is the other person that's the abuser listening to all of your, like all of your, all your vulnerabilities yes, are being re- yes, exposed. Yeah. Yes. And not only that, they see that, Oh, he'll take this because I've done this. And he claims he really loves me. So he's going to take this. So I'm going to be able to push this as far as I can. And when a person does that, that's not love. No. That is to the point where they don't care. Um, They don't feel that connection with you. Because I noticed when you said that um, you would try to tell her you loved her. When When she's closed off like that, that is basically telling you like, hey, I'm sorry. But the feelings that you have for me are cool, but I cannot express myself right now because I don't know if I have it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're afraid to, too. And some abusers out there, I hate to say it, some abusers out there do it as a, a attack. Like you said, she remembered things before. Sometimes mm-hmm. abusers like hold on to that, and they're like, oh, I'm going to get you back then because you got mm-hmm. me for that one moment. I'm going to spend the rest of my time trying to figure out how to get you. And God forbid that be the woman because you are screwed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you are so screwed. <laughs> but the thing is, is, but the thing is, here's another thing. It happens to men too. Yeah. And that's the one thing people have to remember. It's not just women. And it's really not fair because no matter what happens, I literally, when the police came, I'm not saying that I falsed anything or anything like that, but for me, it was so, if I wanted to, it was so easy. It was so easy to literally, and this is what's, this is how sad it is. It was so easy to have a, the, being the woman and being the abuser that I could literally, if I wanted to, smack myself in the face. The police would come because he would call him and I would say, oh, well, he hit me. And they're automatically going to believe me because I'm yeah. a female. I am yeah. not, in their eyes, I cannot be the abuser because either the man is too big or, you know, like he's got muscles or, you know, stuff like that. They, I'm the too big version, <laughs> not the muscles. But I mean, like, they feel they feel like, yeah, uh, you're going to let her wreck you? Like, what What the heck? Are you that kind of like? Yeah, uh, ladies, uh, when you treat us like that, we feel like huge bitches. Uh, which is why, you know, I, and I'm a, a pretty but masculine dude. Control. But uh, that's a way to make it feel like you have no testicles. Right. And uh, yeah. if you want a dude to be super unhappy, uh, demean him and 
make him feel like he has no testicles. Uh, you're not going to get a good result. And eventually, uh, either those testicles are going to leave or they're going to start smacking the shit out of you. Uh, and that's just the way it's going to go down. You can call it whatever you want. It's just the way it is. It's human nature. But here, there's a little bit of advice that I want to give the people who aren't uh, necessarily in uh, serious relationships as of now or you know, maybe you are in the future. Here's, here's my advice to you. Keep your freaking standards high. Set yourself a list of at least basic levels of things you need. If you need a person to be at a certain education level, if you need a person to be at a certain financial level, and that is reality, that is not gold digging on either part. It is tough to survive in this world, okay? So let's not take on the bumps. If a person doesn't have a job, then you better damn well be able to afford to uh, not only provide for yourself but that person and you need to make that realize that immediately um there's things like that that people just don't really think about a lot of times when they meet someone because they just get involved and they you know the feelings and the flight and all those types of things and so i'm just saying as advice set yourself a level of standards and stick to them okay i just wanted to add something to what you just said i think honestly if you don't have good communication with the other person that's where it ends and when you can't tell someone how you really feel without screaming or hitting, that's a bad thing, too. Um, another thing about what you just said that just hit me is <laughs> um, pretty much when you say, you know, about the abusement and everything like that and to stick it out, that's pretty much like, that's pretty much like saying, okay, we're going to stick this out, we're going to do this and everything. That's fine. But like I said, the other person has to be more than willing to agree to it, not be prideful, you know, not say anything like, ha-ha, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do this on purpose because I know how to make you mad, so I'm going to get you mm -hmm. mad. You know what I mean? Because a lot yeah. of I, – I hear a lot of people, you know, when they, they say, well, I, I'm not the abusive one. It's, it, I act out because – you know, uh, they trigger me. They they trigger me, or yeah. they say something to me because they feel like they can get me upset. And people that are abusers, they tend to they tend to use that. They tend to do that if they if they feel like slighted, they you know, they feel like the person that pretty much tells them like, hey, uh, you're you're pretty much. Oh, let me explain how to explain this. Okay, so. The abuser pretty much, if he if they're not feeling like that for three months, they're doing good and really good, that person that's pissed off at him for some other reason could come back to him and be like, hey, I know what your triggers are to get upset and be an abuser, so I could mm -hmm. use that too. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is when you're an abuser, you can, you can get just as, as much as you give. You know what I mean? Like it's not just one sided. It's not. It's not. No. Eventually, if you abuse someone long enough, right? Even a, even the best person, right? Uh, they if they're not smart enough or don't have the will enough or you've got them beat down enough to where they won't leave, eventually they snap. And I think that's what happens in a lot of really bad domestic disputes. Uh, yeah. That's what happens on half the cases of CSI. That's mm -hmm. why Chaz and I watch that shit. We know each other can't get away with shit. But <laughs> I think I think um, ab abuse honestly forms from something very tiny. And I think it's usually people that feel like they can't talk about it because they feel like, oh, I don't, I'm going to have people pity me because here's the thing. Talk about it. If you got abused and it bothers you, 
talk about it. Because when you get it out, like Mark said, when you get it out, you feel 100% better because you don't have to hold that in anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the silver lining. You do not have to stay in abuse. You do not have to stay an abuser. You yeah. can change, but you have to be willing to. And if you're going to be in a relationship, then you both have to. And, and it can work. And now it's like I said, uh, with, with Jazz and I, I mean, in the end, I, st- I got, I used to call Jazz and my diamond in the rough. When mm-hmm. I first met her, I've always called her my diamond and, because, you know, she came from a rough background. And I came from a much more polished background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we grew up vastly different. And, but we've always been straight with each other about everything. So, but the fact of the matter was, uh, sometimes you don't know what you're getting into, even if you have the best intentions. But if you really feel like that person's score is worth the fight, then fight. But if not, believe me, uh, Jasmine is, and I are in much better places. Mark is in a much better place. Um, And you also, as, you know, as Jasmine and Mark talk about, because they were able to do a lot of forgiveness and soul searching, these things now eventually are going to have no hold on them. It takes time. It's not an overnight thing. It's a step. It's a process. But the fact is, if you keep pressing forward, thinking positive, being positive, looking for the positive, trying to find answers rather than getting stagnant or going backwards, you Mm -hmm. know, and keeping an honest perspective about yourself, you can have the freedom and you can be happy. You don't have to fake it anymore on Facebook. Right. But here's another thing I just want to add. Um, if it comes to the point where you have a discussion and, you know, that you being the abuser and the person that's going through it, if you're, you know, a couple or family members, what you need to do is you need to honestly, like you said in the beginning, pretty much if you want to know why the person's being rude and, and abusive, you need to shut up. First off, you need to you need to let them know, like, hey, I'm not judging you. This is this is safe zone. Uh I'm going to listen. I'm not going to say anything. I just need you to talk to me. I just need you to tell me what is going on because I care about you that much. Then I, honestly, with me, when Juan did that with me, I felt better. I felt like, mm-hmm. okay, he's not going to jump in. He's not going to get me mad. He's not, he's going to hear me out. And that's, that's what some abusers want. They just want to be heard. They just want the other person to feel how they feel. Mm-hmm. And they want to get it out. And, like, I'm not saying that's an excuse because, really, uh, I like I said, I just feel like verbal abuse is just, it's so oh, nasty. And that's the other thing I wanted and to mention. And it sticks, with, it sticks with you more. My mom always said this to me verbal abuse sticks with you more and harder than getting a bruise because a bruise goes away. Words. Man, they can stick for a long time. Yeah, but like I would say, honestly, by far, I would have rather take a smack in the face, a punch in the face, a kick in the ribs than some of the things that Jess said to me. They were far more damaging emotionally than she could have ever done physically. And so, you know what? It's okay, guys. We're supposed to be emotional. You're not supposed to be so hard that you can't let someone in. You have to be vulnerable. If you want to be in a good relationship, I don't care how tough your exterior is, you have to be vulnerable to that woman also. And you know what? It's fine, guys. We're supposed to be. If you were raised to not cry, you were raised to not show emotion, um, I don't know that that's probably the best way to be. I know it wouldn't work for me. 
No. Uh, so it's actually not. It's. I wanted to say to the guys, you're not a pussy because you care. All right? right. It takes a lot of guts and balls to stick it out and take that shit. I'll tell you that. And I've never felt more masculine than ever now because I helped. I helped. And I became the man that she needed. I became what she really needed. And it was hard. But we did it together. Right? So I feel like I've had an accomplishment of helping stop a cycle that could have affected, you know, at least our children. And so I'm very, very, I've never felt more, more masculine in my life. So you don't, don't feel bad about having emotions, bro. No, no, we should. But like Mark, like what you were also saying too. Um, now when you said that she was going to a restaurant to meet this other guy because she felt like she didn't have a connection, I feel like that's, I'm not trying to, Maybe some people think it is different than me, but I, for one, think it was because this guy didn't know her faults. You knew Mm -hmm. all of her faults. You were breaking in. And as her being the abuser, she didn't want that. So she's going to go for something new that doesn't know how she is. Yeah. To get, you know, to get someone to to listen to her. Yes. Because she feels like. Oh, he's just, if I say this, he's going to do this, which you're not. But I'm just saying in her mind, she's probably thinking that. And for someone in in your relationship, you know, as an abuser, I mean, as if I was the woman, I'd be like, damn, he's too freaking nice. How much do I got (laughs) to shit on this guy? And he's so, but and then what's great people and what I am so freaking proud to be Mark's friend and co-host is that it didn't. Make him that guy. He didn't end up being that negative person. He ended up overcoming and being the most positive person, uh, even through the situation and beyond. And it's an inspiration to me. Absolutely an inspiration because he moved forward. And you can do it too. Don't let this shit take you down the toilet. Don't be unhappy. It is okay to do what is best for you. Yeah. But you know what, Mark? I also got (laughs) to... I just wanted to say... That I am so proud of you for, I know it was hard. I know it was really hard. See, a lot of people can say what they want to say when they're, when they see an abusive relationship. And I know that a lot of people try to put their two cents in, but they're not going through it. That's, that's what they're not seeing. Mm-hmm. You're going through it. You love this person. You know that if you give up, chances are it's probably not going to go back. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that, People don't understand the levels of love you have for someone. They they can't they can't phantom it. They think, oh, you're stupid, or oh, you you want this. I hear that all the time. Sometimes, like you, my family said that I just wanted it. That's why I stay because I think I deserve it. And it's like, no, that is not it at all. And if you let family in on your relationship, that's another boo boo because. An abuser is going to basically, you know, they're, they're going to find support from their family. They're going to feel like, you know, they can do what they want. But the abusee is going to get a whole different side of it. Right. And the thing about that is it's, it's really sad. It really is because I feel like guys should be able to talk about this more if they're going through it. I feel like as a woman even, I know this is weird because I'm a girl and I'm saying this, but... I just wanted you to know that I am very proud of you, Mark, for making this. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm proud of you also because this was all in a short time that this happened to you. And yeah. you were able to recognize the signs 
even though you loved her very much, you still got out of it, which is incredibly hard. And not only that, I, I know she was something because of how, you know, it affected you. And I just, I, I just praise you on it because you were able to literally say to yourself, okay, this is not working. I can't do this. She's obviously not going to, she's not going to do it for me. And you tried every obstacle. You tried every obstacle you could to make it work. And she was the one that opted out. So Every option, but yeah. Yes. But the other thing is, is that, so basically what we gave you today was um, kind of our stories about this situation of abuse. And so you got basically two versions. Mark's version was clearly a situation where there just had to be an out. And he made the right decision. Yeah. And he is mm -hmm. happy, believe me. Um about, you know, I think long-term we'll definitely be happy that he made that decision. And ours was an example of if both parties are willing, no matter yeah. how bad it is, you can do it. And you can, you can beat all the naysayers. Everyone that said you'd never make, I mean, literally, people are licking their chops just waiting for us to separate. And now we just basically held up the middle fingers <laughs> strong at him. You know what I mean? But we're united middle fingers, you know? We're not pulling triggers. We're just throwing <laughs> fuck you and everybody else who doubted us and who doubted our love for each other. And so, uh, you know, not to be negative, not to say like negative thing that way, but uh, it does feel good to be like, <laughs> we did it, you, you know. You, you know. Yeah. But now I feel not that like gloating feeling about we did it and we won and all that. I just feel now grateful and I really want to, other people to know that you can do it too, if both parties are willing. But Mark, I also got to say something. He just brought it up that actually, um, when I I got married at a young age, and mm. my ex, you know, he was perfect. But when we started having kids, it something changed, and it was like okay, because it had some more stress factors with kids. But it also that's a scary thing with an abuser too, because you never know. You know what I mean? Like, they could yell. They could scream at the kid. You don't know. Yeah. I was once the abusee. I went through that, too, where my ex was full control. He would knock me down. He would, you know, say rude things to me to get in my head. But I always felt like, well, this is the kid's father. I don't want to leave because, you know, even though he's doing this to me, he's a great, you know, dad, or I'm sure guys say, well, she's a great mother and I, I'm scared that I'll lose my kids. And, you know, here's the deal. I would, I had all that. I had all those worries, but when it got to the point where I realized this isn't getting fixed, I mean, I was getting hit. I got knives, you know, put to my throat. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was bad just to have that control that he wanted. When I, and what was fucked up was she didn't fight back. Yeah. And when we were going through this whole, like, open period time, I'm, like, finding out, like, what, what, what the fuck? You didn't hit him, but you hit me. What the? That's some bullshit. Well, I mean, now I want her to go back just punch him at least once. You know, just, just square in the nose. Just, what, like, it's got to be fair. That's some bullshit, man. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, nice. I mean, like, people, if, you, if you're going through the... Uh, through the abuse, either either one, male or female, do not give the excuse where it is. Oh well, he's not treating me bad, but he's treating me my he's treating my or he's treating me bad, but he's not treating my kids bad. I gotta stay because he's the father, or she's the mother, you know things like that. No, don't because these kids no. are going to grow up. They're going to see 
how the father or the mother is treating, and they're going to grow up and do the same because they feel like, oh, well, my mom and dad did it. Yeah. And God forbid that they'd be pure white kids because there's your next shooters. I'm just, you know. <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> you, Thank God my kids are half Hispanic on my end. But, I'm totally kidding. But when I got to the point where I realized this, this isn't enough, you know, like I need to get out of it. I gathered, I'm not going to go into details, but I literally, it was to the point where it was, an effect, it was affecting not only me, but my children, you know, and that's when I was like, okay, enough is enough. I know he's the father, but I, I don't want my kids growing up through this because I, I grew up in a broken home. So I always wanted a family unit. I always wanted to work. If I'm getting married, I want the kids to have their dad. I want to stick it out. And that's what I always was, you know, I would always make that excuse. Well, he's their dad, so, you know, I, I, he's good with the kids, you know, and my, my parents, you know, like, I would, I would make those excuses, too. Oh, I trip and fell. Or, um, oh, yeah, I, I bumped into a wall. Because I, I couldn't come up with any more excuses. And my sister and my family would always look at me and go, mm-hmm. Sunglasses yeah, sure. on a rainy day, Yeah, Jess. sure. Mm. You know, I would wear pants over my, over my family's house because I didn't want them to see the bruises. You know, it would be like 75 degrees out and my parents would look at me like I'm crazy and go, hey, why are you wearing pants and a long sleeve shirt? What is going on? What, what, you know, and it was to that point where I realized, oh my God, like I'm covering up all this stuff. And I, I look at the bruises and I was always like, this isn't love. This is not love. This is, you know, this is something else. Yeah. When you're a guy and you got bruises, you got to start lying and shit. <laughs> you're like, uh, you should have seen the other guy. You know, you can't tell him your wife's got a right hook right. that'll knock most dudes out. That's why I don't understand why right. she didn't hit him. Dude, I believe me, if they were to get in a fight right now, she'd wreck him. It'd be like an <laughs> MMA fight. Like, she just fl- I was, damn it, Jason. <laughs> I didn't hit him. I didn't hit him because, see, here's the deal. The kids are a part of me, and they're a part of Chris genetically. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to feel like, your dad is a bad guy, so because a part of you is bad, that half of you is bad. Because when a, a kid, they're not thinking like we are. They're thinking, oh, dad or mom is bad, they are abusive, so that must mean I'm bad too, because I have part of them in me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So then that ends up, they end up growing up, and they end up becoming an abuser or abusey, because they're used to that environment. They're used to, you know, it's okay. It's okay. My parents did it. It's okay. Which is why I watch my kids for like, uh, they're not playing with roadkill or anything weird, are you? Like, I, I, I don't want to see those weird behaviors. I'm real nice to them because they're, they're all super white and they're all tall and skinny. And uh, they're tough yeah. kids. No, I love the shit out of them. But I mean, I joke about them all the time. But, um, you know, I'm just thankful that We've moved beyond that, that these kids are going to have a future. I'm happy that you have moved beyond that and had a future. And I'm really glad that we could share with our listeners those silver linings because I really feel like it was important for people to hear this. I know that most of the time it's just a bunch of jokes, but I also feel like our listeners have responded a lot of times to those softer sides of our dialogue. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like there's definitely uh, probably even a majority of you that appreciate uh, this type. And if you do, let us know. You know, please, uh, uh, if, if you want us, you know, you are our listeners. You help direct where we go. Uh, we always want to keep it lighthearted. We always want to keep it funny. But also, um, if it's if there's something unnecessary topic that you think that we should, you know, talk about, let us know. But I just wanted to add one more thing. 
I, I know that. Um, I just wanted to say, anybody, like, I, I know I keep going back to the kids thing because it's a lot harder than just being able to be single and walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot stress enough to you to um, basically, if, it, if it's you and you have kids, uh, if, you, if you know it's, it's starting to get violent, then, then leave. Because the kids, you don't know, the person's hitting you. Okay, you yeah. don't know if they're going to hit the kids. The kids are a part of you. So, And not only that, I, I'm proof that it's okay. I'm proof that I left with my kids. I had three kids, all still babies. I'm, I left, and yes, I had a supporting family structure, which housed me in. You know, but I also reported him. A lot of people don't do that because they get scared. But I reported him because I felt like, you know, this this is too much. But I also sat down and I talked to the kids because they, even though we went in a different room where they didn't see us, they still heard us. They still heard the interactions. They still hit the hit, heard the hitting. They still, no matter what. And see, not seeing it for a child is probably worse than seeing it because their own imagination plays out. But I made sure to, you know, sit down and talk with my kids and let them know, like, hey, this is not normal. Even with me and one, like, this is not normal. This is not the kind of relationship that I wanted for you guys to, you know, see. I want to, I want to, always wanted a good relationship. I always wanted it to be where my kids looked and said, hey, I remember when mom and dad were, like, so in love, and I want that kind of relationship. I want to find someone that loves me, not the other way where they're like, well... I mean, I guess I'm stuck with them because... And now they feel like... They're used to it. We used to fight, and now mm-hmm. they're seeing it. So I'm trying... We're trying to teach our children that, though, even in life, if you make some big mistakes, and a lot of us make big mistakes, I manage to usually do those, uh, that they're not an end-all, be-all, and they do not have to define you, okay? Jasmine is not going to be, and I do not allow anyone to disrespect Jasmine in the sense that she is what she used to be. No member of my family is allowed, believe me, not my own mother, not my sister, nobody. Okay, this is my wife. I love her. We're past it, and it's in the past. And if it's in the past for us and we're doing good, it is none of your damn business to interject or have even a fucking opinion. And at the same time, man, I love the shit out of my jazz. (laughs) And I'm just going to say, if you, I know this sounds really weird because there's a lot of people that are dating or they're married. If you're going to have a discussion with the abuser and you're, you feel comfortable enough to where you're going to settle down and, and get this straight off, what you need to do is, A, go on a date. If you have kids, go on a date. If you have family nearby, because this is something you two need to talk about yourselves. No, no other people interaction in this because you need to get down to the root of this. Is, it, is this worth it? And another thing is, if you have kids, they don't, get to he- they don't have to hear it, no matter what mm-hmm. the outcome is. You can easily go back to you know, the kids and go, hey, mommy and daddy, blah, 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 or, or daddy and mommy. And it's easier on them too. And what? it is on you too because a lot, I cannot express that enough. Because, the last point that I yeah. wanted to make about the whole situation is, as being the person that was abused, as hard as it is, you are never going to get resolution to this situation until you have the balls to pin that person in a corner and demand 
an answer. Demand mm -hmm. that we have this conversation right damn now. And this is the last one. I swear, mm -hmm. and I would be like, I swear to you, this is it. This is do or die. We either work this out right now or we're not working it out and mean it. And believe me, I used to say to Jasmine uh, every week, I'm getting a divorce. I'm getting a divorce. I had the papers signed. I, all I had to do was sign them, right? It was that bad. And I would say that over and over. And finally, I, I got enough of just saying the words, you know, and we, I finally had to just have that scary. I was scared. I was scared. Yeah. I didn't want to have this conversation. I knew I had to because I was scared. What if she decides it's not worth the fight? Then mm -hmm. I'm fucked because I can't do mm -hmm. this by myself, right? So yeah. you, as the abuser, you, you are owed and it's okay to demand it. And if you want ever resolution and move forward, you got to get to the point where you have that conversation. If you don't, you're just going to keep taking shit. Yeah. And also, too, I know I've been talking about abusees, but abusers... I just want to say, if you're, you know that you're abusing and you want to get heard and you want the other person to hear you and you're, you're legit and changing, what you need to do first is you need to admit to yourself that you are an abuser. Because yeah. if you keep labeling yourself that you're not, you're never going to change. You're never going to want to change. And that goes for females too. I know it sounds weird when a female says it where they say, well, I'm an abuser. It, it sounds weird, even to a female, because males are usually labeled that. But um, you need to be able to say, hey, uh, I know that I'm doing this. I need to get help. But the person that's the abusee, you need to work with them and make sure, what can I do that won't trigger you off? What, what is there that I can say that will calm you down from that getting to that point? What can I say, you know, give me a sign to where you feel like you're getting to that boiling point, to where you feel like you're going to get there. And maybe, you know, we can change that. We can and talk about that. let each other have damn space Yes, you space. Need it. Yes, space. Do not Do hunt not, that person down. Yes, that's, that's another thing. A lot of abusers, uh, they want to keep the person cornered. They want to keep them in. And that's why, you know, when you have a police call, they're like, can you get in a different room or are you safe? Because yeah, abusees, do we sound a little experienced? No, listen, listen, <laughs> listen though. Abusees often feel trapped, and they're gonna get trapped. It's like a mouse in a, you know. I'm like, yep, yep. You hear that crazy shit? Yeah, I'm in the bathroom right now. But mostly, and that crazy shit you hear is my wife because I, uh, I'm not listening or something. No, but mostly, <laughs> mostly, mostly abusers they do that. They tend to, to capture the person, not because they feel like you know they're gonna go out and tell on them. It's more like. You got to say what you got to say, but I want to say what yeah. I got to say. You, you're walking out yeah. of the room when I'm trying to say something, and you know that makes me angry. So you're going to put that much more anger on top of it by walking out. And that's why a lot of us women or men try to stop. It's not necessarily like they want to keep you in there because they want to hurt you more. They just want you to listen. They want to get through to you. They want to be like, hey, I know I need the help but I need you to help me help you. But they also need to realize yeah. that if they don't allow that person's space, mm -hmm. it's just going to continue to escalate. It will never get better. They have to learn, okay, I'm going to take the risk of my emotions. I'm going to take the risk of my fears, and I'm going to let them walk out. Yeah. And I'm going to let them get his car and drive away for 15 minutes and de-escalate. Jazz couldn't do that. I would have to, like, sneak out and bolt out a door, yeah. jump in a car, and take off. 
but to get space. And it wasn't until Jazz finally gave me like an inch of space, and I felt this openness, like, okay, I think she's ready. And that's when I had the talk. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's why we are where we are now. Well, the reason that I didn't give him space, it, it was because I was afraid that if I did, he was going to leave. Mm-hmm. He was going to take off. He was going to find me. You know, he was just going to be one of those other guys that took off. They couldn't handle me because I was too much. All those excuses. And I felt like, oh, if I let him out, he, he's going to leave. He's never going to come back. I'm never going to have this opportunity again. I'm never, it's always going to stay with me. But what I'm going to say is, if they love you, they're going to come back. Let Amen. Them have, let, the, let them have the space. <laughs> because it works out better for both of you. Because not only are you letting them think, you're thinking too. And you're able to get clear-minded. When you see that person and you're upset and the other person's upset, you're doing nothing but making it worse. You're agging it on, agging it on. And you both just get heated or the other one gets heated. I'm saying, hey, if you have a cigarette... Go have a cigarette. Go talk, you know, go sit down and just calm yourself down. Whatever you do, whatever your voice, whatever your uh, vice is. Or anything you know, just that's healthily can calm yes, you down. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. We're yeah. not saying, you yeah. know, go no, I'm not say- Yeah, exactly, I'm not saying chill that. Chill your ass out. I'm not Although, saying that. probably a couple of times, probably with a tattoo and ass I, or an I'm saying like, <laughs> I'm saying like a hobby. I'm saying like a hobby that distracts you and calms you down. Yeah. If you get angry... You need to find something that will take that anger away. And hopefully you guys got something out of what we've talked about today. And, um, Mark, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and uh, close this thing out. (laughs) And thank you, Jasmine, so much for finally uh, being on the podcast. And I really feel like it was an important podcast. And I love you, honey, very much. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to say thank you and giving me this opportunity because I never really got to speak out on this, and I've always wanted to. Because my grandmother said that, you know, maybe this happened to you for a reason. And I believe that. And it's to help other people. And it's to get it out there to say, hey, you're heard. You know? Yeah. Just keep keep doing what you're doing and try to get help if you can. Yeah. Uh, on that line of trying to get help, like you had touched on it earlier. If she had gotten help, if she had taken the therapy seriously... Uh, if she had kept a couple of promises, like really that was kind of like the kicker for me. I'm like, I can't trust you to follow through for me. I was like, and that's really what I need. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, I'm asking you to like quit your nice job and go work for $10 an hour at McDonald's. I'm not asking you for the world. I'm not asking you to give up your identity. You know, it was like, I'm asking you to do something for the sake of us and our relationship. It may be out of your comfort zone, but it's not the end of the world. And a, uh, Cause shoot, I I had to do that. I was I was like, oh, I need to compromise here. I need to make a sacrifice here. That's part of a relationship. And then I realized it was all going one direction. I was like, that's a red flag. Yeah. This isn't gonna work if it's all gonna be one direction. So I was like, hey, I need some reciprocation here. And then I was just met with excuses and excuses, and then the abuse started and all this other stuff. And like that's why I tried for like I was like okay what what helps in these situations well therapy and so I went for that and by the end I realized I was like all I'm hearing is excuses my attempts at com- communication are just falling on deaf ears because there was no communication coming back my direction unless it was tearing me down or saying how what I was doing wrong and it was just this it was just it didn't make it didn't make sense like I knew something was wrong but I'd never figured out why. I have, an, I have an inkling as to why, but it doesn't really matter because that's between her and her issue. 
and she's never gonna. I, and it makes me really sad and heartbroken because I don't think she's ever gonna have peace in her life or happiness or any sort of joy in her life unless she deals with her whatever it is that made her put those walls up. And like you had said, Juan, you know, you like you saw something in Jazz that you wanted to. You were just like, there's this person has so much potential. This person is just like so beautiful and amazing and you were like i'm gonna stick by it and that's during the that's the reason i did stick by it because i saw who she was and what she was capable of i saw her overcome a lot of things i saw her grow as a woman and an individual into a better person and like i saw her mature over like time and i was like okay this person is going from here to there and it's only getting better and i saw nothing but limitless potential from there on out and that just made me love her more. And so I was like, it's, 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 it's only like there's going to be ups and downs, but it's only going to get better because this person, if they would just let go of whatever it is that's holding them down, they're basically unstoppable. Yeah. That's just, I could see that she doesn't believe in herself for some reason. It takes and a lot I'd of humility ended. to do what jazz, what my jazz did, which yeah. was to like actually admit that not only, I mean, I don't give a fuck if she admits it to other people. It was between us, right? But yeah. the fact that she could admit it to herself, that yeah. was where the change really happened, when she really accepted that. And, like, it's it's a, it's a hard thing, people, to publicly talk about things like that when it's you. But it's mm-hmm. also, I think, important that you don't feel alone if you're in those situations. And so that's why I'm glad we have the podcast. And I really do want to... I hope we really do get some feedback from this episode because I'd like to hear what, what people uh, think about what we've said. Yeah. yeah, and medications, like I said, they do help wonders. They will, if you don't know why you're having this and you don't understand it, seek help, get medication if you can. It, it works. Two weeks, people, a couple <laughs> pills, it, two weeks. It works. Just, you know, I honestly, if I had to choose between the medicine and therapy, I would pick the medicine because, you know, that, like I, like Juan said, I think it was just a neurological I think you thing. should do any avenue that you yeah. can. I think you should search them all. I think we'd yeah. still even benefit from, uh, you know, like couples therapy um, and things yeah. like that. I think you should always strive to do better. But in our case, because Jazz was probably, I don't know if it's rare or not. I don't know how common it is, but it was, it was just chemical, man. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that, that set that off and what happened to her in her life. But her inability to be able to progress or cope or solve the problem, she needed medical help. Yeah. And yeah. support. And sometimes it's sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's therapy. Sometimes it's both. Like, both can be beneficial. Absolutely. I understand. And, like, I learned from this, like, I, I had a strong sense of, like, self-worth and value before I even got into that relationship. And I've just learned from it. I know my value. I know what I'm worth. I won't stand to be abused. And like to anybody out there, if you want to be in my life, uh, get over yourself and your pride and your hurt and seek professional help if you're going to think you can treat me that way. Because I'm a very, as you've already heard, I'm a very forgiving person. I'm a very accepting person. I don't think I'm better than anyone, but you, I'm not going to allow you to hurt me. And that is not unreasonable. And for the abuser out there, uh, there is hope for you. Really, it just starts with you saying, I have a problem and I need help. And I think that's probably the hardest step. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it may be hard. It may be scary, but it's worth it because 
not only is your life going to get better and change, everyone around you is their life is going to be get better and change too. You're going to have better relationships with your family, at work, at home. Like you're going to feel a more, it's going to be scary and it's going to be hard. Like one thing I've learned going through therapy, it's always hard at first because you don't really, you often don't want to hear what the therapist is trying to communicate to you. And so you have to be willing enough to say, I have this problem or I have this thing that I need to get past and you have to keep going. You have to stick it out. This isn't just a one visit thing. I've heard so many people say, yeah, I went to therapy and I went once or twice and nothing changed. I and tried that. And I quit. <laughs> and it's that, like, that is bullshit. You are not trying. You're just going through the motion once or twice to try and get somebody off your back. Yep. Stop making excuses. Like one thing that... I, uh, this is a motto that I've begun to live by. Stop making excuses. Find a solution because there's solutions out there for everything. Stop making excuses to yourself. Stop making excuses to the people who love you. Stop making excuses to your kids, your family. Find a solution. Suck it up. Do whatever you got to do. I've heard people like, oh, therapy's expensive. Do what you got to do. Sacrifice something. How, Stop going how much is moon. your happiness worth? Exactly. You, Not you only spend that, twenty thousand on a car. Your mental, I would give a million yeah. dollars for happiness. Yeah. How much is your mental health work? Stop making excuses. There, yeah, therapy can be expensive. It's expensive for me. I'm figuring out a way to do it. Uh, so are court costs, uh, jail time. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're working, you know, nine cents an hour. Come on, right. you're still gonna come on financially. Yeah, don't be cheap, people. <laughs> yeah, and. Like it's worth like, it. Though. It's so I've worth it. I've said it before, and it's worth saying again. Like abusers are uh, abusers still have value. I I don't think any like I'm be perfectly honest. I don't think any less of my ex for what she put me through. I literally don't. I still think just as highly of her as I always have. I still think she has the same potential. I still think she's a beautiful woman inside and out. I'm not going to be part of that crap though. I'm not going to let anybody treat me like that. And she showed me that she was not willing to change or to seek help. So, there, okay, that's one of my boundaries. You're going to treat me like crap? Goodbye. And I'm so proud and of that, my jazz that I love her even more than I than the day I met her, man. Yeah. Because and that was, she did it. Yeah. That was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I had to do it alone, which is terrifying and scary. But I knew it was the right thing to do because I knew my value and I knew that it wasn't going to end. And so I was like, if this isn't going to end because she's already indicated that she doesn't want want to change. And I was like, I just got to the point where I was like, I hope someday down the road she finally decides for herself that she wants something better for herself. Because obviously she doesn't care about me enough to do it for me. So God forbid you're the next guy. You know, you <laughs> yeah. know what though, Mark? Like you were saying, you know, um, my ex, I don't, I don't hold any grudges or bad feelings towards him. You know, he's, he is a wonderful dad to my kids, you know, and everything yeah. like that. And we just get along better off as friends now. We, we realize that. And honestly, I mean, if you can make it work, you can make it work. If you can't, you know, at least, at least stay friends as, if you can for the kids because they're part of you. They're, they're, they're the best parts, I, I feel. I feel like that was the best part out of yeah. all that. So, yeah. I mean, just honestly, I just wish people the best of luck and I hope that they find this amazing and, you know, they, they make a change for either either party. And I, 
I really hope that, you know, I was able to help shine some light in there because I'm, you know, I'm from the girl side. So coming from me and having to be in both situations, I feel like, hey, if I can do this, there's no, you know, there is no way you cannot do this. There's no way. Either if you're the abusee or the abuser, I've been both. And I'm telling you, you can overcome it. You can get through it as long as you ask for help and as long as you're willing to work with the person you love or whoever you're going through this with this for, you have to take the first steps for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And you'll be better for it. And your, your relationship will be better for it. Your family will be better for it. I mean, you will feel so much happier. And it's worth way more than anything you could ever imagine. I, I'm, just, I'm just so grateful that I did it and that I have my husband and, you know, that I realized that out of all of it, he loves me and he loves the kids and he stuck it out with me, <laughs> even though I'm a pain in the butt. But uh, he still sticks it out with me it's to this nice day. It's a nice butt, though. Oh, I to, mean. This, to this day, <laughs> Not <you> know, mine. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just, you know, and unfortunately, Mark, I know that sometimes it's not always a beautiful picture. And, it, you know, it's not a happy ever, an, an, you know, ending sometimes. But, I mean, you got your own, too. And that is you move past it. You're able to you got out of it and you're able to now not have to live through that. And it works for you. So I, I'm just saying, either way, you're going to go with this, people. Well, you regained your dignity, you regained your control, yes. and you regained your ability to be you. And yes. you also regained your ability to be healthy in another relationship. And that is, you know, you can't do any better than that, man. And that means in the end, you know, and, and it's not even like spiting people that have hurt you, but th- there's really nothing better in the end than when you. Uh, like for instance, when we got past this and I finally got our relationship to where I was happy, where I felt like, you know, wow, like this is totally worth it, man. I'm so happy. And I knew we could do this. And I, I'm just, man, you know, I'm so proud of jazz, so proud of jazz. And, you know, dude, we're, I don't know. I, I'm going to leave it at that. I know we've talked a lot people today. Well, I just want to say, I agree with you, Mark. Mm-hmm. The main word today I know it sounds like Sesame Street, but <laughs> the main word today, <laughs> like you said, and you couldn't stress enough, and I can't stress stress enough, is together. Yeah. Together. It's together. Yes. Because you can't if if some if there's a problem and someone won't communicate with you or they refuse to work on things with you, like it's it's just you can't do it all by yourself. And I was there, it was terrible. All I needed, like I said before, all I needed was her to follow through on one promise, one thing, and then be open enough with me to tell me what was really going on and then to, with me, seek professional help in whatever way that was. Those three things would have changed everything. And those three things, when those three things I'm sure sounded scary, but fundamentally are very simple, may have been hard to do, but it's very doable. Like, Back to the same thing again. People, don't, listeners, never ever sell yourself short. Stop making excuses. Stop listening to the lies that you've told. Like, I cannot stress this enough. I know so many people that lie to themselves. Stop lying to yourself. Don't believe the lies anybody has said about you. And because you know deep down if it's a lie. Because 
that's how that's how people tear each other down. They say a lie and it you cuts and it hurts. And oftentimes we pick up those lies and then we tell them to ourselves because we've heard them. It doesn't make them true. We're just so used to getting beat down that we tell ourselves these lies because oh well, this is what I've heard my whole life and it's not true. Stop lying to yourself. Stand up for yourself. Go get the help. Let somebody, if somebody has been patient with you and just let you shit on them for a long time, they obviously really care about you. So give them a chance and help them help you by being vulnerable with them and then saying, I need help. Like, thing that I really feel like destroyed that relationship was just pride. Pride and stubbornness. Those two things wrecked it. Frustrating as hell for me, but I'm like, you know what? Ultimately, I'm respecting your decision to be miserable. I didn't want to, but that's essentially what it was. I was like, okay, you want to be miserable and be negative and not let me in and not work at this? Okay, I'm respecting your decision, your free will to choose to be a miserable person. That was super hard to do, but that's your choice. I won't choose to be miserable because I know what I'm worth. For, for like people out there who've been abused, I've heard some people like want revenge. That is not the answer. No, I was going to say that. in your case, that is her loss now. And right. we, and I, you know, as your friend, even I hope that she finds a way to finally let someone in and break those walls, so she doesn't have to continue to be alone. You know, yeah. and 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 that's how I, I, I really feel like you got to care about people. I mean, you did when you get in a relationship, you care that much. You can't just throw a switch and be like, "Ah, that person's worthless." You know they're not. Honestly, you know, don't lie to yourself. It be it's and it's okay. And you know what? For people, when you're moving into another relationship, that person doesn't understand that it is okay for you to think this way. It is not a requirement to hate everyone you ever dated before or were exactly. No, it is not. That is not a requirement, and it's not nope. healthy. If you no, it's not because you know. God forbid you be next. <laughs> but you know okay. what, Mark, though? Honestly, though, I, I hope that she finds the courage in herself to actually get the help she needs. I really yeah. do. I hope, I wish her luck in the future. I hope that, you know, she can turn around her life and be able to admit, her, you know, like to herself all this and think about it really hard. And, you know, one day if you guys meet up again, bump into each other you can honestly hear her go, hey, you know what, Mark? I either heard your podcast or, you know, or I understand now what happened. And, you know, who I knows? I was able to move past knows, it. You know? Maybe, you know, she'll be the Who knows? You, could, you, could, you guys could probably be friends. Who knows in the future? But I'm just saying I, I really hope that she honestly thinks about things and thinks about, hey. That's right, people. At I, the end, you can yeah. have the sweet bliss of the relationship that I have with my jazz. <laughs> Just beware, there are some triggers. This bitch might steal your nachos while you're on a podcast. <laughs> so shit's gonna go down. Listen, it's gonna me, test you once in a while. Let me explain that. I was hungry and he left the box open, okay? Girls, you know what I'm talking about. Fellas, don't leave your food out and say she can have a little we bit. We actually did have a deep gone. discussion about this. It's gonna this, be gone. And I accepted responsibility <laughs> for leaving the box open. All right, we're just gonna leave it at that. Just saying, just saying. Just wanna let y'all know about that. Okay, so yeah, uh, forgiveness is the answer. I've lived that in more one, more than one situation. Uh, really, it is. That's probably one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do who haven't practiced forgiveness like I have. I've been practicing it for 14 years. It's a hard thing to do, but it is totally worth it because you don't have anything poisoning you. Because if you're not, 
If you're not, if you haven't forgiven someone for how they've hurt you, uh, you're just poisoning yourself by being resentful and bitter. And it comes out really, really, really frequently, and really, it becomes really apparent, especially to someone like me, because I can recognize it because I know what it's like to be full of bitterness and resentment. And I'm like, oh no, that's not someone I want to be with because they're full of bitterness and resentment. But that doesn't mean that you didn't care. That just shows. No, that doesn't mean it. Yeah. Just shows me that there's something there that needs to be dealt with, and I'm just not going to deal with that because you're holding on to some negativity, and I can't be a part of your life if you're holding on to something negative that's going to destroy our friendship or relationship. And that was the best for you both, too, I think, was to just do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, like I said, one of the hardest things I had to do. Definitely something I didn't want to do. Like, to being perfectly like. I always try and be real on this podcast. Like I, I never have regretted like being in a relationship with her. I didn't regret getting engaged to her because if she had made different choices, it would have turned out very differently, but she made her choices and it didn't work out. That doesn't take away like anything good that happened. I, I honestly, I hear a lot of people say, you know, Oh, well me and my ex-husband, me and my ex-wife, me and my ex, it didn't work out. And now every memory I have of them is ruining my life. I'm like, what? That's, Mm -hmm. that's baloney. That doesn't make any sense. Like you're going to let the ending, which was the bad experience ruin everything for you. No, like you're, you're really missing out. Like good memories are still good memories. And even in your case where it didn't work out, now you have the blessing of it, of it really helping you grow for that next relationship. And you can exactly. s- now you can see the the bads and the goods too. Yeah. When I was talking with one of my friends, and one of my friends was like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, it really sucks for her because now somebody else is going to get to reap all the benefits of all the growth that you've achieved." And I was like, "Yep, like <laughs> she made her choice." Yeah, but you made and growth too, though, Mark, because. You're able now, when you carry this into your next relationship, you're able now to see, hey, if it gets to that point, I know I can leave. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that, that's not going to. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, that's. If it gets that's to that point, worst. it's not going to be that hard. It'll be like, oh, back here again. Okay, bye. Yep. Like, I'm not going through this Which again. Which keeps your jazz on her toes. If you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> Let's not forget. So she's going to listen yeah, to this Yeah, hi, jazz. Hi. And. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the listeners out there, <laughs> just to clarify, like life and relationships, it's hard. Uh, we live in a really entitled generation. Uh, if you don't like what I'm going to say, I don't care. Uh, li- life is not all about you. Life is not all about you, not all about you getting everything your way. There are so many miserable people in this world because they're super entitled, at least in our country. And they think everything should go their way. It's not, That's all not reality. And rainbows. It's <laughs> not reality. Uh, Get over it. You got to work with other people. You have to have some humility. You have to be open. You have to be honest. You have to put in work. You have to do something. You can't get what you want in life for nothing. If you want a sol- if you want a relationship with another person in your life, you have to work for it. You don't just get to be like, "This is what I want. Now come give it to me." You have to. You have put to sacrifice. Into yeah. It. Yeah. Become a better person. Find people who can support you. Find people who you trust who can support you. Find professionals when you need to. Get the help when you need to. And always be willing to admit that you have a problem when you do. 
there's a fine line between being in a relationship or a friendship with someone when someone tells you you have a problem and you don't. You need to have the wisdom and the clarity to know when you have done something wrong and then you need to apologize for it and change your behavior so that way the relationship can get better and get further, go, go further. You also need to have the wisdom and the clarity to know if someone's telling you that you have a problem and they're projecting somebody else's problem, typically one of their own or a problem they have with somebody else onto you. Don't let somebody else abuse you by saying you have a problem when you don't because really it's they're projecting some of the other problem onto you. That that's where like a lot of professional help comes in because they can help you sort that out. They can help you get through that. They can help both people involved get out of it. Uh, one last final word. Got to say it again. Forgiveness. Stop with the excuses. Uh, yeah. It really people. You're worth more than you think you are most of the time. Pretty much everybody out there. You have value to me, which means you have value to everybody. Maybe people don't value you based on your actions, but you really do have value. Live your life in such a way to where you can exercise that. And, you know, be an awesome person. So that's all I have to say. Everybody, thank you for listening. I hope it helped. I hope it at least, you know, gave you some perspective on it. And yeah, once again, I have to say it, I forgot one more time. If you know me and you know this situation because you saw it unfolding before your eyes, this does not give you in any way, shape, or form the right to confront anybody or say anything or bring it up, okay? So just stay out of it. Respect that, and you and I won't have any problems. Pretty sure everybody's going to be cool with that, but I just have to say it for clarity. Thank you for respecting that. I do not want to have to go and come talk to you personally because that's just not something that needs to be done. And uh, if you fuck with us, I'm, I'm going to stick my wife on you. You got a mean right hook, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, don't get out of line, bitch. <laughs> I got your back. I got your back, Mike. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, reach out to us on, you know, all of the ways. Reach out to us. You know, hit us up an email. Leave us a voicemail. If you have something that you want to share that you've been through, uh, leave us a voicemail, write us in the email. You can, you know, we'll listen. We're obviously, I'll say it again, we're not professionals, but I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to at least give you an outlet for someone to listen to. Uh, if, you know, I know there's a lot of people that there have been abused. I'm sorry if you've suffered. Even if you're, you know, an abuser out there, there's hope for you. Reach out to us, say something, find help, hit us up. Thank you, everybody. Seahawk Predator out. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks, Chad. Ha, ha, ha.